With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily for this Friday night. The, I am Gav, that is Shawnee and that is Grace. I've managed to get two people that weren't on last night. Although Shawnee was meant to be on, start crying. Uh, then he got into a taxi, then he went to his brother's, <laughs> then he started ordering jerseys at half two in the morning. And then at 20 to 7 this morning he was lying on his brother's couch under a Liverpool towel having a little snooze. Um, Grace couldn't come on because he was too busy. He had Sky Sports, BT Sports and everybody else on him wanting um, some sort of feedback on Liverpool being champions. But uh, Neil Gray. What? Miz was in Kenny's main cabinet. <laughs> He's in Kenny's cabinet. Or he was either that or he was he was bringing around the um the barbecue stuff around to Manes for uh, for the weekend. We're not too sure. But uh Neil O'Grey is due on at some stage as well. Um lads, it's good to have two people that wasn't on last night because the reaction last night was off the charts and I I'd say it'll be tonight as well. Um I asked Shawnee before we come on, is he still on the cans? He said, Gav, it hasn't sunk in yet. So Shawnee, I'm gonna come to you first. Um we had discussions, Shawnee, when this COVID stuff was on and talks of null and void. And you, you were of the opinion that um, you were of the opinion. He was shitting it. Yeah, no, 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 not about shitting it. Not about shitting it at all. I'm not going. That that's absolutely fine. But Shawnee, you you did voice the opinion at one stage that the gloss could be taken off this with all this COVID yeah. stuff. I, I'm going to stop you. Yeah, yeah. I was completely wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Um, I did. I didn't gauge. I didn't gauge how emotional that the the squad would be, and how Klopp would be, and how Henderson would be. And I thought all of that was going to be taken away from us. I'm really well enough up here talking about it. Um, it, it's last night before kick. Like I, I wasn't even looking forward to that game last night to tell you the truth. But then when kickoff came around, I started shit myself. I was like, "Oh fucking hell! This is happening! Like, this is this is actually happening." So, but not only you, Shawnee. Check out the way Klopp and the rest of the lads talked about the game first. Do you remember they were like, "Oh, we're not going to watch it, or we're not interested. It's another game." And Klopp was talking about how he's going to use it as analysis. And then, did you see their reaction yesterday? Like, they were like, "Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, it's mad." Like, wait, the thing is with footballers, people. Nowadays in the game, people just see footballers as like a lot of them are mercenaries and they don't really have any credence to the club that they play for. But 
couldn't be couldn't be less true with Liverpool. You you look at them lads there last night. They were exactly like us. If you look at Klopp, is like a, a, a top red, like a super fan. That's the way Klopp is. He just happens to be managing the club. Like it's smashing point. The outpouring of emotion from the two lads last night is just. It felt like a personal journey for me coming to an end because I'm waiting all my life for, for Liverpool to win that league and it, it happened and I just didn't know what to do. Like, I, it, It's mental. It's it's absolutely mental. I, I couldn't be happy. I just never want this feeling to go away. Yeah, it's you don't want this feeling to go away and Listen, we all had we all had talks around uh, null and void. We all have. There's no doubt some of us wavered at times, and um, between null and void and points per game and um, the whole thing going ahead. But I'm delighted for you, Shani. I'm being honest with you, and the reason I am is because I seen you struggle a little bit, and I thought, you know, well, and you wouldn't. Yeah, you know, not, not, not only that, your head was gone. But but I was worried that you'd get yourself into such a slump that even when this came around, you'd go, ah, oh, but look, we're not, we're in, not, we're not in the ground and stuff like yeah. that, and you'd have to lift yourself up. And when I spoke to you yesterday, um, I was fucking thrilled for you because I thought, and I said it to you, I said, the shine didn't come off it, did you? And you went, no, and it never fucking will. Um, I'll tell you what happened, Gav. I just won't, you can move on. The, the performance on Wednesday night was, that's, that's what lifted me, man. That's what lifted me. When I seen, I, I like, I, I just a uh, hundred and odd days away from football. All of the football by City that we watch had been shy. Let's be honest. For for the and then the Reds came out and it was like the, like the middle of December. Liverpool foot on the throat, just smashing teams. All that dominance, it was incredible, and that really lifted me. Um, when I seen at ninety minutes. The reaction of the players, I was like, "No, no, this is fucking real. Make no bounds about it. Fans are no fans. This is this is the real deal. This is." The I real think, deal. I think I put more of a shine in it because them players must have had doubts at, at certain stages as well. So last night was the end of a not the end of a journey, you know, a part of a journey with just a massive high in it. But they're also going. You know, they, they must have had times where there's conversations going on with Jordan Henderson when he's talking to other captains, Jurgen Klopp, and, and, and other players talking to other players from other clubs because they all know each other. And I, yeah. I'm sure that they had doubts. And it, I'd say it was ecstasy last night and, and tinged with relief that we got, not, not that we got it done because we've been exceptional, but the fact that we, we, we were given the opportunity to do it in the right way. I think that might be it. Um, let me see. I'm going to try say this name. I think it's. Brie Kaisen Tree has donated $19 via a super chat. Now, I don't know if he doesn't know the rules, right? But he says, Gav, thank you for the last year. You're more consistent than the Reds. That's completely untrue. Um, they have a 90% win rate. Um, I don't have a 90% win rate. Um, I, I don't think 90% of these shows are winners. Um, let's be honest about it. But um, the rules are you're not allowed to do super chats. Um, we don't we don't like them. Um, we, we don't endorse them. But um, that will go towards Trev's present. Um, it's a massive jump in, in, the, in the funding for Trev's present. So we will thank you for that. And... Um, Trev's present is getting closer and closer. A little bit like this title. Um, this present is getting closer and closer. Grizz, um, we've had great cracks throughout the season. We've had great cracks since the day we met. But um, last night, it's as I said, it's not the end of a journey, but that is a massive... That's the biggest high I've ever felt as a Liverpool fan last night. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. Do you know, um, it's, it's good that me and Sean are on this because 
I'm way older than Sean. So I was 15 when we won the trophy last year. So I remember the emotion and the joy. And I was like sort of the proper excited teenager when we last won it. And never in my wildest dreams did I ever think it's going to be 30 years later and I'm going to be fat old grey and seeing yeah. you guys on a podcast and talking about Liverpool winning the trophy again. I never thought it's going to take this long. I still thought, you know, I mean, I'm going to be in my pomp when it happens next. I was under the legal age for drinking and whatever then. And now I'm a good Muslim, so I don't drink now anyway. So, so basically, now it's just bus passes. So basically, and so meals on wheels. Times, so basically, both, both times I've had to use my natural adrenaline for the buzz. And Gav, yesterday was, do you know exactly how Jurgen Klopp said in the interview? Do you remember the one he's broken down in? No, sorry, mm-hmm. the one he's done with LFC TV. Mm-hmm. He spoke, and exactly what Sean said, he spoke like a fan. Every word is what we would say. If you ask the majority of the listeners how they felt, they would say the words Klopp said. Things like, I don't know what to do. I, you know, this, I didn't think I'm going to feel like this when it actually happens. Everything. He wasn't speaking like a coach, calm, collected, talking about how, you know, the boy's done well, etc. Et he was just pure emotion. And it's the most amazing feeling, especially, especially as Sean says, these bunch of lads are literally like a like hustler. It would be like the trippers getting together, entering a tournament and winning it. They're proper, love each other. Well, not all of us love each other, but you know, the you know, the, the camaraderie, the jokes, the banter, you can see it in the way they're celebrating. It's um, it's an absolute pleasure, and it was a pleasure. This journey has been an absolute pleasure. Some people say torture. I get where Sean's coming from. I get where others are coming from. For me, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on this journey. And Because from very early, you can see the success at the end of it. You can see it. I know you can't guarantee success, but you can definitely plan for it. And, and, and their planning has been immaculate. And last night, I just... We got together, about 45-year-olds, 45 to 50-year-olds. We got together, and there was about 12 of us, and uh, we sat around, and we just discussed it like proper old men, like, wow. We just couldn't – we didn't have no energy to jump around and, you know, pyros and this. Like, we just sat, and we just, you know, soaked it all in, just watched the videos together, watched the TVs together, and we just thought, this is just amazing. I actually couldn't – I tried to sort of – Tell the missus, like, you know, it was really humid last night, I couldn't sleep. She goes, no, it wasn't humid, it wasn't nothing. You was on YouTube watching Liverpool videos until 7 in the morning, I saw you. Yeah. She clocked me. I was watching YouTube videos, Sean, all the celebrations, every player's Instagram, yeah. everything, up to 7 a.m. in the morning. And I'm a fucking grown-ass man. Uh, yeah, it just, it just, like it, it just takes over you, it really does. Um, I'm adding Nilo to the stream. There it is, Nilo. Um, Nilo, first question, first question for you, Nilo. Um, a very emotional night last night, I think, for, for a lot of Liverpool fans. Um, how did it go down in the Nilo Gray household? And is this the best Liverpool side of all time? Um, is it the best Liverpool side of all time? You, you get me there, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, the best Liverpool, Well, 40 houses go down in my household. Well, as you are all aware, sat down to watch the match, ready to get in, ready to get excited, internet, boom, dead, nothing. Nothing. I didn't see a bit of it. Right. So, what you do? Just sit in the gaff and... Just sat there like I'm depressed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> looking, out, looking out the window. 
It was absolutely horrible, and it was toward the years that we went on this, right? Before the corona pandemic, then the, uh, the very last minute, the internet goes. Yeah. Oh. Just, just when you thought you had it all boxed off, um, the internet just Liverpool just... persecution course. You know, they just follows <laughs> you around, man. Yeah. You need John Barnes to piss, or, or Bruce Grobbler to piss in one corner of your garden, I think. And uh, that lifting internet course. I need air to get that shit together is what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, is it the best Liverpool team of all time? I don't know. I really don't know. Very, very hard thing to say to compare decades because uh, because it's not just the fitness levels and the way the game has developed. It's how much more the bigger clubs have in comparison to the smaller clubs now. The gap is so, so wide now. It's very, very difficult to compare. It is. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. Shawnee, um we done our podcast last night. We were meant to go on live at 10 past 10 and we didn't go until about half 10 because we're trying to get Dal Gleish in um, soon as, you know, uh, then Klopp and Henderson, of course, are on Sky and stuff like that. Um, Grizz has touched on it. You didn't, you, you knew it meant a lot, Shani, but that was, yeah. that, that, yeah. You, Klopp, Klopp holds it together quite well and then something uh, in his brain switches and it's oh, just, yeah. For me, Klopp seemed a little bit... The, the Dalglish, he's not called the king for nothing. Like, I think... The, I don't um, I don't imagine there's a, another human being held in higher esteem in Liverpool Football Club than Kenny Dalglish. And Klopp, 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 was doing, Klopp was doing his classic... Uh, his deflecto kind of thing last night. Not wanting to take any credit. And Dalglish kind of stopped him in his tracks and said mm. stop being modest and then he gave him a rundown of the job that he was at to do and you could see it was physically affecting Klopp mm. what, what Dalg Leach was saying like he 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 had to walk away from the camera in the end he couldn't hold it together now these are emotions that I only thought we'd witness if we won it on the pitch and all the players were hugging each other at 90 minute, the final whistle and clops out on the on the turf, giving out hugs and stuff like that or whatever. But it was just raw emotion. And you could see the same with Hendo as well. And think about it. This is this is sort of like a a two two year journey regarding the title because he was he took him about a season and a half to build the squad. And then we we won the champ. We lost in Kiev, and that was the catalyst for Madrid. We lost the league by a point, and that was the catalyst for this year. So they never stopped. You need to think about how relentless and how good this team has been. That's what we and, were talking about last night, Shawnee. You know what Neil was saying about different generations. This is without doubt the greatest Liverpool team of all time. You see, you see, without I, doubt, I do not care what anybody says because I, no, I've changed my mind since. The I've pressure mind, and, 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 and I've changed my mind for the very fact that you just brought up and I was thinking about it with my mates as well last night. I was thinking, look, when we won it last time, we were talk of the town. We had an amazing squad and it was just a flow. That Arsenal blip where, you know, Thomas scores, that was just a blip. You know, before and after, we were fucking sensational. We were the best team in the land. But... And, you know, I'll forever, you know, as you always do, your first league title, when you're consciously aware of it, is always your favourite. So that was my first, you know, that Barnes, Beardsley, you know, that was my, that was my fa- one of my favourite teams of all time, you know. But but this team, the, the way we've overcome every adversity and we've not started from the top, 
we've started near enough from where was we, Gav, when we eighth. took out eighth or something, right? Yeah. The way he's built this team, and not only the team on the pitch, off the pitch, which we saw, you know, we, we saw the fruits of it, you know, yesterday, the outpouring emotion, the camaraderie, the spirit that he's the, built. The, the thing is for me, Grizz, the thing is for me is, right, people, <coughs> people are only kind of seeing this journey as since club came in, but it's it's been 30 years. So you there was a few players there before club actually came in. And you, I remember being on podcasts with Nilo and everyone in the room was turning around and going, where's the leaders in this squad? Where's the winners in this squad? What's the story with the likes of Jordan Henderson? But what does he do? What's his role in the team? Uh, he's replacing Gerard. How is he a captain? He shouldn't be the captain. And that's this wasn't that long ago. Mm. No, well, I think, like I was saying to you last night, Sean, the most impressive thing is if you compare it to what happened to Spurs this season after losing the Champions League final, they kind of fell apart. All the confidence was sapped out of them. I mean, think about what we did, not only losing in Kiev and coming back and winning it, but then we tipped for the league last season and then to get better and to improve again. So it's not so much the technical ability, it's the concentration and the belief is unreal to come back from. Tenacity. Cl- it's, not, Cl- it's, not, it's like it's the most commendable thing about them, I think, if that's what it is, the belief and the togetherness, to be honest. Lad, Im- imagine, imagine, how, imagine how mentally strong you have to be to literally block out outside noise. And they, they kept saying it, and I thought you were lying, because I was thinking to myself, uh, they, they they had their known it was done after Leicester or after uh, the, the United game at home or when uh, City were dropping points. And they were trying to get the answer out of Henderson last night as if to say, look, when did you know you won it? And Henderson turned around and goes, I'm not even joking you. Every game is a cup final. Imagine how mentally draining that is that every week you know we're going to show, and they did. They did. Well, they- a couple of things, sorry, a couple of, and you're dead right what you're saying. A couple of things, Avo makes a brilliant point. It said, it, it was like Klopp felt in awe of Daglish and Sunes, that he didn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence as them. This yeah. guy is well worthy of being in the same sentence as any of the past greats. That's a fantastic point, right? Another thing is, Henderson's not lying there because Klopp does an interview today at Anfield and he says, all we do is go training and go home, and play football, and go home. And we love doing it. We live for doing it, okay? And the second thing is, he says, we're league champions, that's great, but we're going to go out next Thursday and play football like we've won nothing at all. Exactly. Now, that to me is, that blows my mind when they actually come out and say that. It, it, because he, he doesn't have to say that he doesn't have to come out and say, no. all he has to do is go we're going to do our absolute best for the rest of the season and leave that little bit of wiggle room for the lads are on the lash and you know we've seen I think Arsenal won a league title in 2002 and I think they lost the last four games because they were drunk um, and, and that's absolutely that's fine right, now I think it's absolutely fine and I'm all for it but Nilo Sean he touches on, on the mental strength there and, and, and just the pure will to win and and coming back from adversity, when you look at, like you said, Kiev and, and a 97-point season, just without looking too far forward, Nilo, how good can this team be? Because for me, what happened last night takes a massive amount of pressure off Liverpool Football Club and piles it onto everybody else now. Well, I think everybody else, the teams in sort of part, are going to improve next season, I would have tossed. So I think that, I don't think Liverpool are going to 
have such a massive lead. Again, they're obviously favourites. But I don't think we'll see a repeat of this season with that just stupid 20-odd points. I think next season might be... For the neutral, it'll be an even better season, I'd say, because it's more competitive. Well, I certainly hope it will be anyway. But as for how long can they go on for... Once they do, the club are there to reinvest and, and invest wisely and they have the right man at the helmets. I don't know, it, it can go on indefinitely once the club is ran right because that's the problem for the previous 30 years. The club hasn't been ran correct for various reasons uh, inside and within. I think we all know what I'm talking about. But the club mm. seems to be run perfectly well now, so I'm incredibly confident. Yeah, well, no, I know. Club, club said, and I'm yes, doing the Virgin Media as well, so I should be able to see a lot more. <laughs> club said yesterday that we're no longer bound by history. We're no longer bound by the history anymore. Like it's, it's the, the monkey is off the back, and this is it now. Like you said, Gav, it kind of puts pressure on the rest now because look, we've done it. Look, that hill deal was gone. The elephant's not in the room anymore. We're free to dominate here. Pep, are you going to stay or are you going to go? Because if you're not, we're just there. And that's the thing. People shouldn't be getting hung up on signings and stuff like that. This team is fucking incredible. It's the only words I have to describe it. Do you think, like, if if we win, how many games are left? Seven? Yeah. If we win another five games, right, we'll have our, we'll have 101 points. That's nearly 200 points over two seasons. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It it's but it'd be hundred it'd be hundred and ninety eight, the same as what City done. So you want you want hundred and two, let's be honest about it. Um Man City are the favourites for the t- title next season, says David Reese. I don't know why. Um I think just people presuming of their spending oh, okay. power. No, no, I just, just, it's a comment that came in. I'm just reading it out. Um Grizz, um we, we discussed about how, how far they can go and stuff like that. But that league title was always the stick to beat Liverpool with. And when it came to crunch games and it came to crunch parts of seasons, that was the stick they bet us with. And sometimes it worked. More often than not, it worked. How big is it for you that it, that it's gone now? And you can, like, we play with an amazing freedom, don't get me wrong. Klopp makes sure of that. Although he's tactically brilliant. And I think the team are tactically brilliant. But how much does this free up this side now? It's huge, isn't it? It's massive. It's because. You know, you look. You look at sort of the events of the last few years, and we when we talk about them. But then we look at and and, and some outside outsiders, like non LFC fans, may not understand what we mean and what we're talking about. So the best way to always sort of um, give them context is to look at other clubs' examples. And so you look at Spurs in a very similar scenario to the years that we've had, except they haven't got the mentality or the desire or the structure to go on like we had. So Spurs nearly came, you know, close to winning the league, right? Flopped. And we've got the mental capacity to keep going. They came runners-up in the Champions League, you know, and totally folded since. Like now they're like sort of dropping like into fifth, sixth. We're a total different animal to all these clubs and, and, and... it all goes back to Klopp. We're so, so lucky to have him that he will not let standards drop. And everything he said in front of Sunas and, and um, Dalglish and everything was pure natural humility. It was natural. It wasn't put on. It wasn't an act. You could see it. It was genuine. And that's why we're, you know, I'm so confident that we won't just crumble. We're not going away. 
as Shawnee says, you know, all these clubs can sort of do what they want in the transfer market, try to catch up, and they're trying. And even, you know, even this global pandemic hasn't stopped certain clubs from buying big whatever because they're fucking desperate, Gav. They're literally so desperate to try to bridge that gap. And look, as, as Nilo says, the gap may not be ridiculous, like sort of us to City's 23, but to others it's like 30, 35, 37 points. It's unheard of. It's that's the kind of points difference that you get in sort of the, the Scottish Premier League. It's this is the English Barclays Premier League, where every club has got world class at least one world class player on their team, and we've just totally, totally toyed and played with them for every single game of the season. It's unreal. I I think just like when we went even better when we won the Champions League, we got better. And I really firmly believe this, Gav. Now that we won the Premier League and the Champions League and it's under our wing, the confidence that will give players will be huge. And I think we can even get better or at least sustain the same level for at least <coughs> another season or two, maximum, <coughs> minimum. Okay. Um, Nilo, Sean, yeah, mentioned something earlier. I'm not, I'm not too sure if, if you were on when he mentioned it, but he was talking about the process of it being you know, two, three, four years of, of a process. And Klopp has mentioned that as well, how we came in, how we see what the squad were like. Consistency was a massive thing for him. But it's been a brilliant process, Nilo, hasn't it? Because we do sit around and do podcasts and we slag off this player or that player or we won't like the way something is done within the club. But the process both on and off the pitch has been, it's been excellent. There has been little bumps here and there, um, as we all know. But the process has been amazing, Nilo, hasn't it? Well thought out, um, very functional, and and you know carried out to the to the minute detail, and that's what lands us here today. Initially, the the, the setup was uh, I mean, it was all the talk was gag and pressing, and uh, it was like a rock and roll football, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And that was a little bit hundred by an hour. Then after the Coutinho, after Coutinho left, it all seemed to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more thoughtful. And it wasn't so much a hundred mile an hour, and it was you didn't hear anybody talking about the gag and press or anything, anything like that anymore. It just became a really well-oiled machine. I think that was the uh, that was the that was the time for me when it all came together when Coutinho left because a lot of our play was based around him, and then the other two lads came in, um, Van Dijk and Allison. That's when it all changed for me. When it all got calmer, I got more control. And everybody kind of understood where they were from. We stopped being one-dimensional and had hit him hundreds of options. Not just three, not just four, hundreds of options from all different tactical positions. So for me, that's when it all changed. It was a slow process, but the last two years is when it all kind of fell in place, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're wrong there at all. I think um, it, it he took it in stages, and and he was. From what I listened to today, he 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 was very realistic in, in what he what he's seen for this Liverpool side. Whether that was in two thousand sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, he could see a progression, and and he knew not to run before he could walk. If you know what I mean, he, he wanted to he wanted to make sure that okay, they might not be overly happy with fourth place, but I'm building something here, and the patience the patience was has just been unbelievable. Shawnee, I'll come back to you. You know, we've talked process, we've talked, you know, different players, um, the club itself, but and we've talked about how massive it is, like, and it is absolutely massive. Where would you like to see us go from here? Because you've just said a few minutes ago, you know, 
don't be hanging up, don't be getting hung up on signings, don't be doing this. Where would you like us to go? Because Nilo made an important point there where the Gegen press, the press is a massive part of what we do. But because we've so many other facets to our game, it's not mentioned as much. Is there anything you'd like to see us add to our game? Because I can't see an awful lot there that we have to add. Gav, you, you need to look over the, the last two seasons. Look, it feels kind of weird saying this because we've only won one league title, but it's near enough as close to perfection as perfection. you can get. Um, and that, that's that's the truth. The only the only thing you look if you are being hypercritical, you could say, yeah, we need a, a left, a naturally left-footed uh, cover left back, and probably someone like Lovren needs to be displaced and replaced. If you know what I mean. Um, I don't think drastic change is needed. Um, I, I, I'm not going into this thing where people are saying we need to do what Fergie done and we need to buy one big player every year. I don't think you do. Um, I think when you're looking at that squad there, that, that group of players, it's like a family. And Klopp is going to protect that at all costs. He's not going to risk anybody coming in and upsetting the, the, the apple cart. Just just for what? Just for cover? You, you look around the way. You, you tell me which one of those players can be replaced now in, in, the, in the first 11. There's not one of them. So you need to be very careful in what you do. And they know that. That's why that's why all this noise coming out of the club is they're gonna spend major. We don't need to spend major. Look, Werner might have been a convenience and the whole thing, but look, we're at the point of now how much he's getting off Chelsea. So the, the boys obviously smelled the rat and said, No, do you know what? We don't need that. But it, it's 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 really we're in it we're in a great position but a difficult position at the same time because you need players of adequate quality to be willing to sit on the bench behind the players in the first eleven, because look, you you can go from you can go from front to back, and maybe excluding some of the midfielders. Allison is the best goalkeeper in the world. Van Dijk's the best centre back in the world. Andrew Robinson's the best left back in the world. Trent Alexander Arnold is the best right back in the world. We've the best front three in the world as a collective, and our midfielders all do their job to that purpose. And Fabinho showed you that night just how good he can be. So it, it, it's a really tough task for the lads to actually strengthen this squad. Now, look, it can be done. And if anyone can do it, it's going to be Michael Edwards and Klopp. So it just, the saying always goes, trust the process. And we just have to trust the process because look where it's gotten us so far. Yeah, it's a very good point. I can't I can't argue as much as I like arguing. I can't argue with any of that. Um, Chris? No, you have to, Nilo. It keeps you healthy. A good argument is probably the equivalent of... Um, <laughs> a good argument is probably the equivalent of a good run or a good jog or something like that I don't know it's meant to keep you healthy um, Grizz I want to touch on a couple of players we, we touched on Henderson we've touched on on um, and, and the manager obviously in Klopp but I was just thinking about some of the players today like and one that popped out at me and um, alright he, he doesn't split opinion he, he might do a little bit but Alex Oxley chamberlain stood out to me and and then I went back and went, I, I, yeah, Gav, really? And I thought, yeah, he was at Arsenal and he was being absolutely waste at Arsenal because Arsenal Wenger was in a job probably, in my opinion, probably eight years too much, right? Um, but he leaves Arsenal, he joins Liverpool, he gets a shaky start, he comes back, he's flying, he has a very bad injury and now he's sitting there as a Champions League and 
you know, league title winning player now. Um, massive for him and probably more, Grizz. But isn't that the sign of what Klopp is trying to do? Like you said, like if you look at Werner, just to go quickly on to him, and, and Sean is probably right, but if you look at Werner and it, it probably come down to money, but our end, but definitely on his end, and you're thinking, do we want that? And then you look at Van Dijk, who was being offered probably lots more by Man City and probably others, and he said, no, um, I'm going to Liverpool and that's it. But just on Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and there's probably more you want to mention, Chris, so feel free to, but the rise of these players, this is no fluke what's going on. Because, like Sean, he's saying there, Andy, name your players, right? So Andy Robertson, um, well, Trent is a, is a, is a, an academy uh, graduate, but Alex, uh, sorry, Robertson. Then you have the likes of um, Henderson is definitely one. Uh, Wijnaldum. You, you go through it, Salah, Mane, Firmino. They're all they, they're all taken from a certain base and brought was, to a massive trajectory. It's exactly it's it, it, it's phenomenal to watch, and. It's so. It's even more satisfying for me to watch these sort of players win a league title for Liverpool, rather than, you know, three two hundred million pound players come in and win it for you. There's something. Yeah. There's something extra about it. This is so true. We and we still. I think. Well, actually, we're probably understanding uh, the process behind our transfers now more. But it's it's so deep. And every one of those players that you've mentioned, so you started off with Oxley chamberlain right? <clears throat> you know, he's at Arsenal, one of the young prospects in England, you know, made his England debut impressed. But there's no guidance. He doesn't see any future in Arsenal or coaching. You know, he probably feels underwhelmed. There's a famous, there's a famous video clip of him where he's the only one pressing. Don't know if you guys have seen it. He's frustrated. Yeah. Right? A way to Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Right, yeah. so things like that, you know, it shot. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, Gab, if our scouts that was one of the games they were at and they saw his drive and how he wants to play football and how, as a young because he's still young, we forget, especially mm. when he signed as well a couple of seasons ago. He's still, you know, we forget, but the background checks to these players, and you then you realize when they speak, wow, but our guys have really researched that, our guys have really done that. Know how mature, know how well spoken they are. Have you heard Oxley Chamberlain speak? He proper, he's a proper mature young man. Leader, again, another leader, knows, you know, he's not always going to play in and out of the team, but trusts Liverpool, trusts the process all through his medical, sort of the injury he had. You know, we looked after him. You talk about Salah, we scouted, you know, will he have the hunger, desire? Of course, he was a flop at Chelsea. How much desire would Mo Salah would have to come back to the Premier League? And he said it openly many times that I wanted to come back and show the English media. And, you know, you see in his interviews, the drive and passion. Robertson was tweeting, eight years ago, Robertson was talking about being broke as me. Do you know what I mean? Saying, oh, where's where's my money? Life shit. I haven't got a job. Do you know what I mean? Eight years ago. So it shows the passion and drive that kid has. Every single player in that squad has a drive and a passion that our scouting network delve deep into. We don't just look at the stats and the numbers. Oh, he's great. He's lovely. He's flashy. He scores free kicks. He's got a lovely left foot. Every single... We do character assassination of every signing. And it has to be, like Klopp says, everything has to be perfect for us to sign him. And so, mm-hmm. going back to Werner's boring now because fuck off, he's he's gone now. But but I'm just giving an example. The most example, something must not have been perfect in their sort of analysis on a player for them to pull out. 
And you know what? The best feeling is every summer, we're all the same. We're all football fans. We all like new signings and blah, blah, blah. And we talk about rumours and whatever. But the last season and a half, the best feeling in the world is we're so relaxed. We don't have to worry about it. Honest to God, I'm not worried about I would like improvements to the squad. But that's only because I'm thinking of the future where we have to, at some stage next season, next summer, start the rebuild for the second phase. But honest to God, I'm like Sean. And you know me, Gav, we, we talk about all kinds of stuff in our WhatsApp group and we have a laugh and a group. But I'm so inside, like on a reel, I'm so relaxed about the scenario that we have. It's just perfect. We don't need to worry and panic about others, you know, at all. We've got the perfect setup to, to grow, as I said, or at least stay on this level. I think we have the structure from the club, from in my opinion, from top to bottom, to go on and on and on. And what I don't mean, that's not me saying Liverpool will dominate for, you know, two years, three years, five or ten years. I just think we have the structure in place to go on at this level and if people want to match that level and beat it fair fucks to you because um, it's it's a, it's a ridiculous level we're putting out there Joe Gomez is getting a mention here and Joe Gomez for me I want, I'll have a little talk about him in a few minutes because me and Chris yeah, have had words well. we've had words about Joe Gomez um, in the past and I, I'm probably going to have to climb down off a high horse about Joe Gomez in about 15 minutes and I'm absolutely fine too um, but Shawnee, one thing um, I noticed about Jordan Henderson's interview, although he, he was very emotional, um, and I love that about him. Um, this is a guy that's born and bred Sunderland, and he's he's at the club nine years now, I think, and he's he's genuine when he says he just loves being part of this football club, but he knows what it means, and he's completely steeped himself in Liverpool. You know, yeah. it's you know we've seen players in the past, Kenny Dalglish being the perfect one. You know, massive, massive Celtic fan and player and, and he and he comes to, to England and he's he's missed that Liverpool now. And I'm not saying Jordan Henderson's on that level, but he feels like he's going that way. Where when he's finished he won't be the he won't be in executive box in Sunderland. He'll be sitting at Anfield for the rest of his life. Um yeah. and people will people will talk about him all the time. But the one thing he did say and and you know he he, he was at pains to say was that he he you know Klopp comes in and he says from the first day he comes in he changes things and he, he he's at pains to say look that's no reflection on the managers that have come before him but the difference that he makes Jurgen Klopp makes to this team from day one for me I'd like to think Shani that Jurgen Klopp goes in and says listen this is what we're going to do we're going to I'm going to march in this direction and you're all going to march behind me and I'll stand in front and protect you every fucking step of the way and then you're going to step out from my shadow and show the world exactly how good you are. Um, that was huge when he said that, Shani. Absolutely huge when he said that because that's the, the, the words that came into my head at the time and I thought, what what a man to be able to come and do this. Um, I just haven't got enough to say about Jürgen Klopp. I haven't got the words to say what I feel oh, about Jürgen Klopp. But, 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 but Jordan Henderson is as is, is, is honest as the day is long. And when he comes out and says something like that, and we all probably knew it to a certain extent, but Jordan Henderson nails Jürgen Klopp's colours to his mask, doesn't he, today? Jordan Henderson is the epitome of Jürgen Klopp in a footballer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I... If if Jürgen Klopp could build a footballer, I reckon he'd build Jordan Henderson. Yeah. And that's just... that's Hendo has been kicked from pillar to post. By the media, by Liverpool fans, 
by past managers. And he backed himself. He said, no, I'm not fucking going. I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight. And Jamie Carragher did a great interview on the the football show last week on Sky saying that Hendo was getting a bollocking off Suarez in training and Suarez was basically telling him, look, you're not of the level. And Hendo reacted. And that was the day Carragher said, I knew there was something in there. Roy Kane as well had had only good things to say about Jordan Henderson from his time at Sunderland, saying that he knew he had the mentality to be a top, top player. Um, yeah. David Walsh says it there. He I says, Hendo's so always been ambitious. Roy Keane said it was said it too. He was the only one that stood up to him in the dressing room once and was never scared of a challenge. Yeah. Do you know what? I love the analogy of Sean is given of Klopp and um, Hendo. I they, think that's they, so, so deep. Look, Klopp was, when Klopp came to this country, he was known as just a hug merchant, passion, all about noise, all about on the camera shouting and bawling, right? And 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 Hendo's been accused of that in the past as well, just shouting and not much um, variety to his game. But if you look at both of these characters, Klopp has turned from this just uh, heavy metal gegenpressing hugging merchant to an absolute tactician of the highest caliber because now, as we discussed earlier, Liverpool complains so many ways now. We can beat you in so many ways. If we want to decide we're going to go counter-attacking, we can. If we want to control the game, we can. If we want to kill a game, we can. That only comes with coaching, with the highest level of coaching. And it goes underrated how much of a tactician and coach is. Of course, Pep Linders is a fucking genius as well. Let's not forget, you know, give a shout out to Pep Linders. But come on, Jurgen Klopp is the man. He decides how we play, when we play, when to press, when not to press. And Hendo is a a brilliant example of that in terms of how he's matured as a player as well. He was. He was a cut and thrust right-sided midfielder when we brought him from Sunderland. Get down the wing, whip it in, loads of running around, like headless chicken almost, like, you know, just going around, running around, pressing. Now, look at the way he defends when he plays in the number six. It takes great maturity and tactical, you know, you have to appreciate the tactical side to know that a midfielder can play from suddenly a six in a Jurgen Klopp team, which Jurgen Klopp himself said is one of the hardest positions to play in my teams. Now he's playing as an eight yeah, how he covers the eight. It's 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 testimony to Jurgen Klopp and to Hendo how they've how they've just matured as players and as coaches respectively at the same time. And I think oh, Sean Gav, 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 can I yeah. just can I just add to this? Um look at Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk is the epitome of an alpha. He knows he has the biggest bollocks on the every football pitch he stands on. Look at the respect he has for Jordan Henderson. Look at the words mm. he said about Jordan Henderson yesterday. Look what he said about him. Look at the way they look. Look how well revered Jordan Henderson is by ex pros like Gary Neville. He's the main man. He yeah. Yeah. He's the main man. Exactly. Look how revered Jordan Henderson is by every single England coach that's picked him. Yeah. I know. Henderson is a lieutenant, and without Henderson, you do not win titles. It's as so simple as that. Gav, I had an amazing tweet a couple of weeks ago where I you said, did, yeah, me, where I said, <laughs> where, where I said, Hendo only gets the only people that will constantly, right? I'm not talking about the odd criticism because every player is allowed to be criticised, but the only people you'll ever hear constant criticism 
from about Hendo are people who have never had any level of football in their career, either played or coached or managed or anything. And that's a fact. Well, the, the, somebody just um, commented there and said, um, very simple. It was a very simple uh, message, and I'll try to find it, um, just to put up on screen to give them that credit. And it just said, Klopp is, the, sorry, it was Mick. He said, Klopp is the genius. And this is the genius bit of it for me, right? I'm at the watching in the last hour, the, you know, the goal rush they have on LFC TV, and they're showing all of this season's goals, right? And there's so many different goals. There's, there's counter-attacking goals, controlled goals, whip balls in. There's all, the amount of um, goals from set pieces is unreal. But this is the genius bit for me. Jürgen Klopp arrives and you can be as tactically masterful as you want to be. There's, there's so many managers there that have been but have failed at certain jobs they've been at because they don't get the buy-in off players, right? And you, you can be as brilliant as you want to be and you can and everyone can tell you you're brilliant and there's loads out there that say they get told they're brilliant. But you, don't, you, you need to get the buy-in. Now, the easiest way to get a buy-in for me is to come in and say, listen, you are all great. Um, we're going to keep the ball and we're going to possession based and we're going to make you because you're great and you're great the hardest way to do it is come in and go I'm going to run the bollocks out of you for 95 minutes every fucking week okay and for the simple purpose to upset the other team alright that's where I'm going to base my thing on and if you watch and go back because it's interesting go back and watch um, Klopp's first game away at Spurs right he puts out an 11 there and they press the fucking life out of sports that they day. They ran 4K more that day, collectively. Yeah, than on, any, than on about five day. days training. Yeah. Right? It, and that's so hard to get a boy in from. Where, where you're going, what are we going to do? Well, I'm coming in and you're just going to run loads. Fucking loads. Well, and, until I tell you to stop. But the progression... Not only from there, then you have to progress to we're going to do this and we're going to add this and we're going to add this and this and this. We might take something out along the way. But he's constantly, um, it's it's a constantly evolving machine that he's, he's he's putting into place here. And he may do something for 10 games and then go, we're changing it back to this. And every single time these players react. Um, it's For me, that's the genius part of it. Go on, Shani. Look at Lalana. Like Lalana was Klopp's first. He was his first go to. Lalana mm. was the, when Club Force came in. Lalana was setting examples all throughout the squad <coughs> yeah. because he applied himself every day. I think Club would never ask anyone to break that balls. He'd never ask someone to do something that they can't do. And look at the look at the difference between Klein and Lalana. There, Lalana struggled with injury a lot towards the back end of his Liverpool career. But he was kept around in the end because club felt he deserved to be part of this team and getting over the line and being involved with all of this. Klein was cast to the side. I think Klopp, Klopp is a simple man, to be honest. I think if you're honest and give 100% for Klopp, you'll always have a chance for him. Every single time you have a chance. But Shoney, imagine, imagine any player now, right, that sees the blueprint that Klopp has made for the players that he's signed, right? And how he's turned them in from good players to fucking world-class players. And the list is endless. Mane, Salah, Robertson, Van Dijk, um, you know, Alisson. All were signed as very good players. But none, I don't think, you know, we. some may say, but I don't think none of them were world-class. Every single one of them, 
as Sean said earlier, is probably the best in their position in the world now. So you go to any player of the caliber of Silva, I don't know, I'm just saying, just putting a name out there, just say a Traore, right? And you say to him, I will make you one of the world's best. They'll fucking come for anything. They'll, I'm telling you, they will take less wages to come to Liverpool. That's the aura he's created now. It's literally the world is our oyster now. And, and, and it's all down to this genius. You know, there's no other way to describe him. He's an absolute genius. And we won't appreciate his genius. You know, when we didn't appreciate, sometimes a lot of us didn't appreciate Fergie's genius until afterwards. Well, that's what's going to happen with Klopp. We're going to realise how much of a genius this man was when we look back at his Liverpool, well, not even his Liverpool career, but his sort of managerial career from Mainz Dortmund to now. The- he said something brilliant there, and I, I, I read it, and I, when I read it, I was like, imagine, imagine still being in that squad now. He said, Klopp turned around and said, give me a, a scrapbook with the name of five million footballers in it, every footballer in the world. And he says, and I'll just take this 25 or 30 players I have here. I don't yeah. need anything else. Yeah. Basically saying... I don't want an Mbappe. I don't need any of these big names of Sancho. Look, if you want to come, I'll bring you to the level. Klopp makes good players great. That's what he but, does. But he it's, it's good players yeah. into great players. It's the variety of player he brings through as well. Because, you know, it, it'd be very easy for us to sit here and go, listen, he signed every player in that squad for 20 million or 30 million quid and he's made them into 100 million pound footballers. But, the variety is unbelievable because, like, we have seen big signings in Allison, and we have seen uh, and Van Dyke, right? Um, Salah. Sa- Sa- oh, fee wise, yeah, no, fee wise, fee wise. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we've we've signed. A, I can't remember the last time we've signed a, a nailed on world class player, right? Um, and I think that's a fair thing to say. But then you look at the likes of Mane, who had a good good time at Southampton, and he, and he pinpointed him. Salah, who, like Sean, he said, failed in the Premier League under Chelsea. Now, it might, mightn't have all been down to him, but he was labelled a failure. He takes him in. He, he, he inherits Roberto Firmino, and he turns him from, we weren't really sure what he was, into the best false nine in the world. There's no doubt about it. If, if you want to play this sort of football, no one absolutely comes near him, in my opinion. And then you look at the likes of Andy Robertson, and then you look at Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it's not a case of, yes, it's a really, really rich club who can possibly, if they have to, sell somebody to, to buy, right? That's fine. Hold your hand up and say it can happen. But there's players out there going, I'm 20. I can go there and he'll make me. I could go on a free transfer there and he could make me something. I could be an Andy Robertson that's 8 million and I'm being relegated and he'll make me something. I could be a Wijnaldum and I, I, I'm i getting relegated with Newcastle. He takes me for 25 million. He turns me into a, a, a brilliant, brilliant midfield. Just, the names just keep going. Do you know what I mean? And like that's where I think the biggest thing for, for me with Klopp and his development of players is it's the variety of players he gets, the standards that are at, the, 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 I suppose, the, the stature they have in the game. And then he just takes them and just sends them into fucking space. You know what I mean? It's, it's outrageous what he does. It's absolutely outrageous. Grizz, I want to stay with you because I want to talk Joe Gomez. And I sat there the other night and I had a little bit of a moment of realisation when I watched against Palace and it was when the ball was dropping over his head and Joe Gomez at times would let that bounce or awkwardly head it and he just pulled it out of the sky like he was fucking Maradona, turned and played a pass. And 
his range of passing and everything. I'm going to put it out there. I think he ends up being the best centre-back in the world in about three years' time. Gav, um, we're both very honest people, Raya, right? And we both always willing to hold our hands up when we're wrong. And I was wrong about Joe Gomez. I was so wrong about Joe Gomez. I three seasons ago, two seasons ago, when he was sort of when we bought him, and I thought, okay, he looks okay. You know, he was playing right back at times, and I didn't think. I didn't think he'd have a long-term career at Liverpool. I remember doing one of our earliest pods. I think me, you, and the old boys were on it, Gavin, Ian, and I remember saying, look, I don't think Joe Gomez will, will be a regular centre-back for Liverpool. Well, do you remember last night I was at you at 3 a.m. in the morning and I said, I'm watching the, uh, the Crystal mm. Palace game again? Yep. I literally done a, a player camp, fan camp. I just literally focused a lot on Joe Gomez as much as I could. The guys the guys turned into and I agree with you, the guys turned into a mini Virgil. And that's credit to Virgil van Dijk and that's credit to his coaches and that's credit to everyone at Liverpool who's been but that's the most credit goes to Joe Gomez himself. Because again, another kid who's had serious injuries, um, you know, come back from an injury, sorry, niggling injuries Irritating injuries, just when we think his career is about to lift off, makes his um, England debut, you know, plays in a three, plays in a right back. Sometimes we play him at right back. Sometimes we play him left centre back. Sometimes right centre back. The guy oozes class, Gav. I was watching and I was thinking, what the f... This is why I'm sat here chatting shit about football and someone like Klopp is the greatest coach in the world because he saw that in Joe Gomez and he's turned him into an absolute... Immaculate centre back, Gav. You won't find many. How old is he, Sean? Twenty-two. No, I think he's a bit older than that. It's a he's twenty-two. Twenty-two. It's a joke. You will not find. Do you remember how much we, us hipsters, right? And I count you as a hipster as well, Gav. Uh, Sean. Fuck off. Us hipsters talked about Varane when he came out, and. Even Sacco and all these players when they came out, even Delit and all these, nah. he shits on every single one of them. He's this incredible. This guy is the closest thing. He's just gone to 23. Van Dijk and we've got him. And he's, that's he's, mad. he's not long 23, Gav, is he? No, me. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Joe Gomez, Gomez is. Joe Gomez is Ledley King with knees. Yeah, it's a good show. It's he's, good show. On, he's ridiculous. <laughs> His passing range, his pace, his athleticism, his reading of the game. He's brilliant in the air. He's great with the ball at his feet. You'd actually be comfortable with him playing in the right-back position. He can play there. Play now here. I would. I wasn't, but he's great mm. to that as well. He's so technically... He, he's become technically he, very... He's quality. And I'd say Virgil and Gomez are any striker's nightmare. Because, look, if you want to bang her up top, we'll beat you in the air. And then if you want to bang her down the side, we'll just race you. And take you out yeah. again. Yeah, they're ridiculous. The both of them are ridiculous. Joe Gomez is inc- he is unbelievable. I, I've always said it, and Phil Phil was saying, "Now he's finished. He's finished." I says, "No way. He's not finished. He's far from finished. He's quality." He had a he had a ropey game when he came back. We had a couple yeah. of ropey games when he came back in there, but it was just rust. That's all it was. It, yeah, uh, it's look, Joe Gomez. 
I never want to see Joe Gomez playing as a fullback again in his career because um, if Joe Gomez is playing as a fullback in his career, someone else is playing centre half, and Joe Gomez is better there than them, and um, yeah, that's, that's the level he's at now, right? Yeah. So I don't want to see it again because um, to progress Joe Gomez, he doesn't need to play fucking right back. Go and get yourself a right back somewhere, right? Nico Williams is there, put him in, right? Um, but 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 the thing is, but but the thing about Joe Gomez was and. Uh, I have to be honest. I'll hold my hands up. At, at some, I won't, at stages, I thought, will this lab make it? Because I, I get what you're saying, Sean. He was a bit of rust, but there looked to be just massive nerves in him. And I don't know whether it was a physical thing where, because he was getting impact injuries, wasn't he? You know, yeah. that's what they were. They were impact injuries. They weren't like pulled hamstrings and stuff. It was him. And there was, there was a, there was a definite nervousness in him. There was a hesitation in him. And I worried that he wouldn't get away from it. And I was worried that the right back team would kill him and kill his career. All right. Um, and it hasn't. And he's come back and just watching him. Now, don't get me wrong. He's been brilliant because he had to buy this time this season. You know, Matip was first choice. Lovren got in there ahead of him because he was coming back from an injury. And then he gets in and he's been sublime, to be perfectly honest with you. And if you go back to, if you go back to, um, 18, 19, he was brilliant for the first 15 league games that season as well before he gets the injury. But looking at him now, just, the biggest thing for me was Joe Gomez used to be decent on the ball, but he'd give it to his fullbacks and he'd look to defend and he was strong, he was quick. But watch him now. Watch him when he gets the ball and he's looking to get it out of his feet like Van Dyke does. Yeah. They're like a mirror image of each other. If you watch Van yeah. Dyke when the ball yeah, comes yeah, into no. him, he no, gets no. it out of his feet and he looks to play. And Gomez is growing like that all the time. So just me. all the time. And what I and I did say, um, you know, you, you you only judge Joe Gomez when you see him do either a calendar year complete of football or a full actual Premier League season of football where they were having, you know, everyone misses a game or two. But, you know, doing 34, 35 league games, this season he might be up, he'd probably get around 25. But Joe Gomez, if he goes, if Joe Gomez goes to Christmas of this year um, into the next season and plays continues like that, there's only one better centre-half in the league for me. And it's the fella playing beside him. See, and and if England have any sense, right, they need to knock this Harry Maguire thing on the head because Joe Gomez is the future of England's back four without a shadow of a deal. Sorry, Chris. No, no, it's cool. I just wanted to just quickly finish on the Joe Gomez if you want to move on. I'm just saying, see, you guys have said, like, Shawnee believed in him from the start. You had sort of issues about his sort of combativeness, maybe. Because really, of the, uh, my biggest fear for him, my biggest worry why I didn't think he would progress. I didn't think he had the game intelligence. He was always fast, always quick. He was decent on the ball, even when he was at right back. You know, he'd, he'd play like an authentic right back or authentic centre back, old school passes. I'd always make it safe. Pass completion, 89, 90%, but basic passes. But I thought his positional play wasn't as good and I didn't think his game intelligence. Now, to play the offside track that we play in this Pep Linders, Jurgen Klopp team, you have to be a very smart, intelligent footballer as well as physically. And the way, and, and how you notice it is how many times he does, he doesn't need to do any more last-ditch challenges. Do you know the way we always talk about Van Dijk never slide tackles? Well, you very rarely see Joe Gomez slide tackle now as well, as opposed to when he used to. He used to slide tackle all the time because he used to get his pace, pace would get him out of trouble. Now he's not in trouble in the first place because of his game intelligence. Everything's improving on the lad, man, and his hair looks great as do, well, and his beard looks great. You remember the one one thing that stood out, the reason why I never really gave up 
on Joe Gomez who's got to deal with uh, is England debut against Brazil and he absolutely bullies Neymar for 90 minutes and Neymar has absolutely nothing for him and he just he just swats him to the side like he's nothing like that's for that the, the whole game and I was thinking he, he has that bravado now as well from playing with Van Dijk you can see it with him but sort of like bad boys like like Will Smith and Matt Lawrence, you can see the sort of the chemistry that they have together, and that's only good for us. Well, do you know, LFC done a poll, right? Do you know the the, the club admin like the, 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 on Twitter? They asked who's man of the match, and do you know who Virgil Van Dijk voted for in the oh my, yeah, Go, Joe Gomez. Until I looked back at the game, I, that's one of the reasons why I looked back at the game. Why Virgil said that, and it was just the most. We talk about Fabinho's performance as being the the perfect number six performance you can get. Gomez's performance was fucking spotless, clean as a whistle. And I remember that Neymar. And do you remember where he pocketed? Because Sterling was hot. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Sterling was hot in that, that hot streak of form. But Joe Gomez, again, totally bullied him as well to the point where we know they had better offs. But yeah. you're right. That bit of. That bit of the alpha male from Virgil van Dijk is rubbing off on Joe Gomez, and it's a hundred percent for Liverpool. hundred percent. Yeah, but, it, but it's <clears throat> the alpha male thing does rub off. But you know what rubs off? The, the humility of them all. The, the humility of them all yeah. rubs off on all of them. And it is that, isn't it, Shani? Because yeah. you know, you look at them in their interviews, and they could be sitting there all smarmy and look at me, and but they're not, and they don't like talking about themselves. No. Watching interviews, they all talk about each other. Yeah. Right? So Robertson talks about Trent, who talks about Virgil, who talks about Gomez, who talks about Henderson. And I, I, somebody was saying to me, I don't, it might be in you, Shawnee, and um, we have a link, we have a rule in our WhatsApp group that if you, if you come in with some news, you need to give us a link. And Shawnee broke those rules today because I think you said, Shawnee, um, Kenny Daglish had a right go at Rio Ferdinand, am I right? Yeah. Okay, and the second thing was is that Rio Ferdinand looked very, very worried from the words coming out of Virgil van Dijk's mouth last night about them being literally like a brotherhood. That's a massive yeah. thing, Shani. Yeah, because see, look, say what you want about Rio Ferdinand. He's the best centre-back that England have ever produced. He's he's won multiple league titles at Manchester United and Champions League. He knows what it's like to be around winners. So the thing is with Rio Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand knows winners when he sees them. And he's seen this Liverpool team coming over the hill now for a bit. And I think Neville has as well, to be honest. And they were worried that the perfect storm was coming. And Ferdinand knows it's there now. Ferdinand was stuck for words quite a lot, lot last night. And he was kind of brushed around the place because even when he was about to ask Virgil the questions, all the lads jumped in. He was shot down quick last night. And even, even Kenny was toying with him a little bit. So this is our time now. This is our time. United fans should be looking at us going, how the fuck have these got so many quality players in every position? Do you yeah. know I mean? And look, like, have you hit the nail on the head? The most impressive thing about this Liverpool squad, regardless of technical ability, is humility and the fact that every single one of them is just a good human being. They're all world-class human beings. They're good to each other. And you can see it in the squad, the camaraderie. You seen yesterday, nothing is getting between any of them. And that's what Club Tones Round says. Nothing is going to stop us as long as we stay humble. 
we will continue to win. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 you're, you're absolutely spot on. You really are. Avo says, and um, there's 80 odd people watching here. Only 28 people have liked it. Hit the like button. It's very important. Um, we're told this. It's very important, but hit it. And as I said, um, this show and every other show we do com- remains completely and utterly free and always will, unless you're lashing 19 quid on Trev's present, which some fella <laughs> done earlier. Um, but <clears throat> I heard, uh, listen, we, we've all taken in some great content and, um, over the last couple of days, I'm going to ask you for your favorites. Um, but I heard a brilliant line today, and I've taken in loads of content, but there was an Anfield, Roach, uh, Anfield Rap show today, and basically they just start calling people, the, all the contributors, to get the reaction. And one of the lines from Johnny Milbourne, believe it or not, who's, who's actually a top fella, a top fella, um, loves a point. He was, he was with us in Dublin, wasn't he, in January, Sean? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a top lad. And, and one of the lines from his was, Air bread and butter became our holy grail. And I think that just put into perspective what we've gone from, what we've gone through, and when we've got to. And that showed the magnitude of it for me. Grizz, before we go, um, there's been some brilliant content out there over the last 24 hours or so. Um, what's been your best bits? Not your personal best bits on Twitter. I don't need a rundown. I need to know what you, what you feel has been the best content. For me... Oh, for me, for me go, the, go ahead, Grizz. Go ahead. So the, for me, it was the clock. The Klopp interview, where he, the natural one, where he just broke up. He he couldn't take it no more. The emotion was, he was overruled with the emotion, and it made it broke me as well. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I was like, I just sat there and just watched that, replayed that about 16 times, just straight, 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 just watched it, and it was just so real, and there was no sign of any fakeness, and it was total humility. Totally, you know, I'm not worthy. And that's the thing. You know, I'm not worthy. They're always going to have that drive because of this man. And it's just a joy, joy to be managed and coached and having him as our manager. And that was my favourite, favourite. Everything was brilliant. Every single interview was fun. It was emotional. But that one where he broke down and, um, you know, where his glasses steamed up, oh, that, that done me. Mm. It's done a lot. It's done a lot of people. Shani, what is it for you? Kenny, Kenny on yeah. BK right after the game. His yeah. phone is popping off the wall. <laughs> yeah, he should have he should have put it in the drawer in the cabinet. Yeah, his he? phone is popping off the wall. He's just completely oblivious to it. Yeah, and you yeah. can see the genuine emotion with him. And then he had a great line. Uh, yeah, man, Jay Humphrey said, "Kenny, will you turn down your television?" He says, "I haven't even got me telly on." He says, "I don't even have a license." <laughs> <laughs> He's always brilliant. He's a he is absolutely um, um he's absolutely brilliant. Um go on, have you another one? Have you another he, one? No, just the, and then his interactions with Klopp and you could see it like the the there's a fan the famous picture of Kenny is the one where his hands out and it looks like he's crying when he's celebrating and yeah. a, a full time yesterday, that's what he done. That's yeah. that's what Kenny done. Um it, it's mad. I'll just in, in terms of contact gab and hitting us. But we're all going to be out for the game next Thursday and we'll be clapped on the pitch. Uh, I don't know when we're going to lift the trophy, but when I see the lads with the trophy, that's when it's going to hit home. That's Chelsea when. at home. Chelsea at home. Yeah, that's when. Oh, so, the, so they're leaving it until the, the, the last home game, are they? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was talk of bringing that forward in case anything went wrong with regards to um, COVID-19 and stuff like that. Uh, David Reese says he's seen everything since 1965 and he's feeling old. Um 
I wouldn't mind seeing everything since 1965, David. I'm being perfectly honest with you. Um, and I'd say you have some stories to tell as well. Um, the videos done by Sky and BT were brilliant. I have to be honest. Liverpool done one of their own. I think Grizz, you sent us a YouTube link to that, which was which was brilliant as well. I love the messages from former players and managers. The one from Fernando Torres in particular, I thought was, yeah, that was, you know, sometimes you get messages from former players and you go, yeah, someone wrote that for him. Um, yeah, but I, I think Fernan- Fernando Torres' one was was. But top, yeah, but you know, the Suarez and Mascherano and all, they were all writing out messages. Like, they were all soldiers in the war at one stage. So I'd say mm. that there is a genuine happiness there. There has to be from all of those. Sean, you notice in all those messages, and you can go through them now as well, what they all say, and this is the beautiful thing, and it's giving me, um, what are they called? Goosebumps. No, no, the other ones. Yeah, here's that looking around. That's the one, yeah. Is it, We're playing catchphrase here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was having a stroke. Come on. But uh, they all said, um, once a red, always a red. And, you know, and, and they mean that. They actually mean that because uh, they all said it. And they, I don't think they planned to all say it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, mm. it's, just a, it's just a line at the end Healing. of every message they say. Once, you know, once a red, always a red. And uh, I love some. I, I I was like a kid, honestly. I was reading all uh, all of those messages: Garcia's, Mascarano's, Rieras, Benayunes. I was I was reading all of them and just smiling, to, smiling to myself like a prick, like reading random players, ex players' messages. But you know, it just shows you this this this. We we laugh and joke about LFC family, right? But it, it really is. All around the world, you see the outpouring of emotion from ex-players and coaches. It's, did you see Rafa Benitez's message? How heartfelt mm. was that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, you know, it's I think, um, I th- Shani, I'm going to give the last word to you because, um, I don't know, me and Grizz are much older than you. Well, Grizz definitely me a little bit. Um, but, you know... Shani, I don't think you were born the last time Liverpool won a league title, but it be right. I wasn't even of. Yeah. So, um, and people will people will say, you know, oh well, I've seen thirty years, and he's only seen twenty years of this. I think the people that were never born before the league title, um, I think it's more important to them. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, so people around Shawnee's age or, or younger, um, like I'm not saying Shawnee would any ever or anyone in Shawnee's age would ever wane from being as a part of Liverpool. But when you look at young kids, like I look, we we had um. Key Plunkett's son on last night. We had um, Gabriel's daughter was on last night. They were just sitting beside them while they were doing podcasts. And I, I watched them and I watched my own daughter. My own daughter was on the sofa across me while we were doing the podcast and watching all the coverage and absolutely mesmerized by it. And I always think it's great. Oh, listen, I'm 38 years of age. Um, I remember the last league winning, league winning side. Um, and funny enough, I remember 89 more for some reason. But to, to watch kids and that's their, so early in their life to see this something so monumental happen because that's the word for it, monumental I think is brilliant for, for the next generation of Liverpool fans and I think that, I think it might have the biggest effect on them even though we feel it more right now I think it'll have a bigger effect on, on, on younger kids um, seeing that now and, and I suppose seeing their mothers and fathers or uncles or aunties or, or whatever or all their brothers being so affected by it um, probably just makes Liverpool grab you a little bit more but Johnny. Well, one last question, and it's on Daglish, and I'll let Grizz answer as well if he wants. Do you feel there was a bit of a passing of a baton there last night? 
Yeah, because and, um, that's that's what that's what I felt. Emotional. It was like the passing of a torch until the next pantheon of Liverpool greats. Mm. It was a uh, Klopp alluded to Gerrard and not quite making it there, and then Klopp basically told Kenny, "You know, y- your soul." is the platform that allowed us to build what we have. Like, the words that they were saying to each other, they were right from the heart. They really were. And Liverpool's history has weighed heavier for more reasons than one on, on the club for a long, long, long time between stadium disasters and injustices with with, with fans, Hiddlesbury, Heusel, just Liverpool as a whole, as a city, Scousers as people, they're, they're looked down on by the rest and they're always against the establishment and they're always independent and on their own. And never, ever has somebody been more perfect fit for a football club than Jürgen Klopp. And the, the owners provided them to tools to literally build the next great Liverpool dynasty. And you could see the likes of Phil Thompson, Sunes and, and Dalglish there last night. They, they they know what's in store for this current match because they've been there, won that, won it all, wore the T-shirt, whatever way you want to put it. Last night was huge. And then I, I noticed that last night. And then clubs, I'll finish it with this, what club said today. We are no longer held down by the burden of our history. Yeah. Well, no, because... Grizz, we're definitely not. It's 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 like we said earlier. I think it's it's the last stick that the people could beat us with, and I think that's gone now. And I think it's turned completely on its head. Grizz, is it a passing of a baton for you? Because not only Daglish's words, but Sunes for me, who's a very very straight down the line, rigid kind of fella for most of the time, he looked emotional, and I think that was quite telling. I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone could doubt that Sunis is a straight down the line type of guy. And, and Kenny as well, you know, they, they, they spoke from the heart. But, you know, Jurgen Klopp, since he's been here, he's almost pleaded with fans and media like that. Look, I can't, I had no influence on your history. I can't, I can't do anything about the past. I can't do anything, you know, I can't change anything because this, you know, this sort of, expectation and this holy grail, the, 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 the chase for the holy grail. And he's like, I can't do anything about it. But what I will do my best is to build my own dynasty. And our, when he, he didn't say my, he said our, our own dynasty, our own history. And my God, has he started that process with a bang. Champions League, Super Cup, uh, FIFA World Club Cup, and now the Premier League. He literally has... Um, done exactly what he said to all these greats and even pleaded with fans. You know, we used to see him in press conferences, look, stop talking about the past to me. I understand and I respect, and he does. He, he totally understands the history of Liverpool Football Club, but he's about to make his own history. And I 100% think that, you know, the baton was passed on. And this this guy will, you know, for me, he's, he's up there with Shankly anyway. But, you know, this guy is, is there to sort of, be amongst the greatest, probably the greatest manager of all, like for Liverpool for all time. The biggest, um, 
the biggest thing I look at is like, and I've asked you about a passing of a baton because I think it is because Daglish is is Liverpool as far you know he, he just is right, and there's no getting away from it. But but Daglish to me looked like someone that went. Not that he's going to walk away from Liverpool, not watch them anymore. But it was a real case of he's going to be able to watch them in a different way now. You know, he he's not sitting there with that burden of my club need to win the league title, and that's gone. And then when you looked at the likes of Redknapp, Souness, um, Thompson, obviously when he was there coaching, uh, and Carragher, they they were looking at Klopp as if to say, "Thank fuck for you," because we've had to just put up with this shit, and yeah. we've been part of the failure over thirty years. And now you, everyone's just going to forget about us now. Not forget about us in terms of what you've ever done at the club, you know. Especially when when you look at Thompson and you look at Carragher and you look at um, Souness and to a lesser extent Redknapp. But they looked as if to go. Like, you know, I was a manager, I was a coach, I was a player, and we couldn't do it. And you've done it for us now. And all that talk of 30 years, that 30 years gets washed away now. Absolutely washed away. Because all you want to talk about is Jurgen Klopp leading Liverpool to be in Champions of England, Europe and the world in in, in 2020. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think that there's so many different aspects of what last night done for people in a football sense and in a personal sense from former players, managers and, and just supporters of this club. I think it's, I don't think it can ever be underestimated uh, how big that was last night. Um, lads, we've done an hour and 16 minutes. Um, it's been amazing. Um, there's been some brilliant comments in there. There's loads of people in there. Loads of new names as well, which is um, really, really good. Um, Mick is still good over Martin Tyler not being able to commentate over us winning it. Um, listen, we'll do it next year. Um, although I'd rather not be there next year to be honest with you um, it's been brilliant thanks a million for everyone for watching Shawnee it's been an absolute pleasure you go back to celebrating and yeah, um, marking those days marking those days off the calendar until um, Henderson starts shuffling around the gaff with that big uh, trophy I can't team wait. I cannot right. wait. I'm just I'm going to be up till 6 in the morning watching Liverpool videos again I'll probably watch them all 10 times already but yeah, it's um, it's. I'm gonna go and watch another load of it now as well. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just gonna stay. I'm just gonna get yeah, Grizz to send me his uh, YouTube history, and it's gonna bash through it now for an hour or two. Delete the stuff you don't want me to see, Grizz. Right? Um, but Grizz, it's been an absolute pleasure. And to the two of you, to the lads that all done it last night, and to everyone on that chat, um. It's been an unreal journey this season. Um, every one of us has played a part on this show um, over the last... And listen, there's still seven games to go, but it's been absolutely brilliant um, from start to finish. And we keep going and we keep getting better and we keep having the laugh because um, that's the most important thing, having the laugh. Shawnee, Grizz, it's been an absolute pleasure. Everyone in the chat, it's been an absolute pleasure. Over and out. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. 
So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Sports Social Podcast Network.